Okay, everyone, welcome. Thank you, Devil, for joining us on Fresh Perspective, and I look forward to sharing your perspective with our listeners. So, just uh, introduce yourself. What do you do? Uh, my name is Diewald. Um I live in Joburg. I'm a pastor. I work at a, at a church. Um, and then uh, I'm also passionate about couplehood. So my wife and I, we work with couples. Um, we work, uh, we use Imago and we use encountered centered transformation process to take couples through a process. And we like working with larger groups as well, uh, facilitating processes. We did a we, in the lockdown time, we started a group on WhatsApp called Mating and Captivity. We, sh- we, uh, we borrowed the name from Esther Perel. Esther Perel, and, um, yes. and we got 180 uh, couples signing up for that. And we did a, f- I think it was, we wanted to do the 21 days, but then it was extended. In the end, we did a 35-day um, process with the couples sharing the basic Imago theory from Marvel Hendricks' books, um, Making Marriage Simple. And from a few other uh, sources, and at the end we had a, a Zoom couples evening using Harvel Hendricks. Um, uh, what did you call it? Um, oh yeah, um, geez, I forgot the name now. I want to getting the love you want. No, not getting the love you want. Um, ca- caring behaviors, oh. and um, on the group, but yeah. So um, and most of the people on the market group never knew about this book because he gave it out for free, so no one took it seriously. But it was a free book, and it's it's called and, and in this book, he just it's just called Caring Behaviors, and it's and it's an unbelievable process. We took a few couples through for a month, yeah. So that's cool, yeah. That is amazing. One hundred and eighty couples. Yeah, yeah. Uh, through the time, as we uh, we we sometimes we 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 put on things that were not so serious, and then a few couples left. But in the end, we had about one hundred and sixty couples on board. So. Um, so I, I think that sometimes um, the the whole lockdown thing, too many things on WhatsApp, too many Zoom True. groups, and or maybe we do not want to face this. We'll rather leave the group. Yeah. So um, at, at the end, to see so many couples going through that, we we started it as of a tongue as a, as a tongue in the cheek thing, because after um, the China's China's lockdown, they asked a few people, "What would you do the first thing after lockdown?" And a few people said, "We'll get a divorce." So we realized that uh, now you're stuck in this house with your partner. And um, so how do we go? How will we mate in captivity? How will we friends in activity? How will we enjoy sex in captivity? How will we survive captivity? That's amazing. Well, I love Esther Perel. So maybe just talk about Esther Perel's work a bit. About, obviously, you, you, you know her work and mating in, mating in captivity is a fascinating book. So how did you use that? It was just that, just the name that you used. It was the name, and then we we put her TED talk up there because she's brilliant. And then the yes. basics of the TED talk is: we have a friend, and in Imago, you will know her, um, uh, Greta Becker, yes. and she uh, she she read the book, and then she decided to go with her husband. And what her husband does is he works on golf courses. He makes sure that makes sure that the 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 sprayers are always on the right place, and that the golf golf course is nice and green. And she had to work the computer because everything is computerized. And then she would switch on the water and it will splash on him. And she looked at him and they've been married for 45 years plus. And she said something happened to her. She looked at him enjoying his work. She looked at him um, having passion for what he does. And she was deep. She's got a deep sexual attraction towards this man. Mm. Something she hasn't felt that deep and that intense for such a long time. And that's one thing that Esa Perold says. It's almost impossible to, sit, to stay with a partner for your whole life and uh, be and being only sexually attracted to him or her. But when you see that partner working in his and her passion, 
it can create a sense of sexual desire. And that was that intrigued me a lot. It's a sea of passion, your partner working in his or her passion. So the fortunate thing now with seeing my wife at home working over Zoom and seeing with the passion and the love she does her work, it also creates this, I like this woman. Mm. I like what I see. So but no like, Zoom bombing in the real sense then. No zooming in the real sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do not want the camera on. <laughs> Otherwise, um, you're, you're producing movies for a different industry. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing that fascinated me about Esther Perel's work, is seeing your partner working in his uh, passion. Uh, she she uh, uh, came to Joburg a, a while ago, and I couldn't be there, but um, one of my friends went, and, and it's just fascinating to to again he's never encountered her because it was her and and and, and a, a guy called i can't his surname is white he's a po he's a poet you actually went for the white guy um sorry not the white guy his surname is white <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, but he enjoyed esther peril as well because of because um of the way she um she 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 speaks about or talks about relationships and and the passion yeah, so could you could you say something about because one of the things that fascinated me about her work is the, the fact that she says when you you know you create this emotional safety you want to be safe with your partner and all of those kind of things so you create this safe space and actually that that counters the sexual desire mm. so can you say something about that please that's a fascinating aspect of her work for me yeah I'm I I I remember that but I'm not so into I can't so. So for me, it's, a, it's the moment you said what, what I think is to create a, a, a bit space of being a rebel. Um, uh, what we did with um, Sophie um, Slade um, that, that also said that is to create a sexual tasting menu. You sit with your partner and like you would do a tasting menu, you create a five course meal, but all the courses are sexual encounters with your partner. So you write down this sexual tasting menu like, the first thing, the ambiance. So there is this restaurant, this place. We want candles, or I want to be out in the felt, or I want to be in a, in a public area. And then the first thing you do is you touch me here, you do this. The main course is we go, we do that. Uh -huh. And as you go through these courses and the afterplay and everything you want. So food can be involved, but it doesn't necessarily need to have food involved. But she taught us how to write a sexual tasting menu. We take couples through that because the moment you do that, you, you go into an area because it's usually things you want to do with your party, but never had the courage to tell him or her. Yes. What especially growing up, you being a pastor, especially, especially growing up Christian, right? Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't especially even admit that you want those women. Oh. A Christian woman. You grow up, you're not allowed to have sex. You're not allowed to enjoy sex. The moment you get married now, you've got to have sex, you've got to have enjoyed, and you have to be a tiger in the bedroom. Yeah. And that's almost Instantly. impossible. Yeah, yeah so... There's what the sexual tasting menu does is and you share this tasting menu with your partner and then there's just a few questions. What about this menu excites you? What about this menu, uh, the thing about this menu, your menu that, that scares me? Now, after that, I've heard your so, menu. Just to get it right, Dale, so you comment on your partner's menu. They present the menu yeah. and you comment and you say, this scares me, this excites me. Okay, I like that. Yeah. And it's what I would change about my menu after I've heard your menu ah. is now I realize, your mama, but you're a wild one. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, it's usually like that. We have yeah, encountered couples that that that, 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 that that you and you should see the couples when they share with each other. They get so excited because I couldn't believe that you were wanting to do this with me. So mm. um, 
and, and so it creates a space, almost a, a teasing space, because we get we fall so easily into the rut of of vanilla sex. The rut of just it's just the same all over and over. And now this vanilla thing, sex is that when you listen to Vanilla Ice 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 Baby the whole time during sex. Ick. Exactly not that. <laughs> <laughs> Collaborate and listen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, um, and, uh, and what happened to Zizalem and myself is we went through, uh, we, we started to living out these menus. And, and, and it got to a place where Suzelle started exploring. Suzelle is my wife. It's not a strange woman. Uh, started exploring her own sexual journey. And uh, when we moved to Joburg, she drove past um, a park. And, and, and it triggered, because she was molested as a child by, by her, by her um, uh, granddad. And um, it triggered that. And she went to see someone working through her own sexuality and her own sexual issues. And she had to reclaim her sexuality from the age of 10 because he molested her at the age of 10. Wow. Up to her age now, which is 45. And um, so with this, with the sexual tasting menu, making it an explorative journey towards and a safe explorable journey, because that's what, that's what makes it. You discuss the menu. You don't just jump, jump on your partner and expect him or her to do this. Yes. You explore this menu. And with her going through therapy, exploring her sexual, sexual healing, um, going, th going through that and reclaiming her own sexuality, it, it was a great journey to go on and to rewrite and afterwards go Back and write another sexual tasting menu because tonight you feel like Chinese, but tomorrow you feel like Mexican. Spicy sex. <laughs> <laughs> could, um, you say, so, could you say a few sentences more about re reclaiming your sexuality? Mm. So what happened to her is the moment she, um, uh, when she was 10 years old, her, her, grand her grandfather abused her. And in, in that specific pocket she saw, she told him to stop it. And it never happened again. But from that time, um, in her subconscious, she, she had this idea that she had to perform in a certain way, that men expect certain things of her. And what that does, it put her in a place where she separated her body from her, uh, from her soul, basically. She separated those things. So she could have sex without being fully present. And I always had a sense of that. That, that, that we're having sex and it's nice to have sex, but I wanted her to be fully present. And, the, and that was the thing. I wanted her to be there. So for her, sex was uh, almost wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. The other way. So it's not, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to do the, 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 the foreplay, the afterplay, the, the holding of each other. And she was there and it's over, it's over. And now we can go on with our lives. And I wanted more. Okay. And as she, reclaimed her sexuality, she had to say, okay, I'm 10 years old. I'm supposed to be pure. I'm supposed to be not someone that was abused. And she had to reclaim that until the day. And uh, she, uh, she was in previous relationships. We had a daughter. So she had to reclaim all those sexu her sexuality up to the age that we got married um, and, and, and up to that point. So that was a whole therapeutic process. And I'm not too um, knowledgeable about what, how, the, how that process worked, but he gave her uh, the, the psychologist um, is a brilliant psychologist. We send uh, we send a, quite a few people to him um, around sexual issues. Um, a guy here in Joburg, um, and he um, and he helped her to go through this 
um, this process to reclaim her sexuality. And the moment that happens, now I'm, I'm married to someone, we can still have, because we always had sex and it was always great sex, but now I have a fully present woman. And when she's not feeling, say, listen, here tonight, I cannot be fully present for you. She can actually say it. Previously, she would not, she wouldn't, she couldn't say it, but I would sense this sex is just to get it done with. And then I'm not satisfied. There's something happened to me. I'm not fully sexually satisfied. Mm -hmm. Because for me, sexual satisfaction is I'm having all of you for me. And now I'm getting that. So it's cool. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. It was an amazing journey for us the past two years around that. Yeah. yeah. And that's even after doing a lot of couples work already. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Because we were, because we, because we went on the um, Imago Advanced Sexual Training with Sophie Slade, and that opened a lot of tricks and stuff. But um, it's to get to that place where you can get, where you where you where you jump over that 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 next thing that you need to jump over and say, "Listen, we need to discuss this." So I think the most important thing is just to, to start talking about sex um, outside the bedroom. Uh, talking about what do I really need from you? Because, and that's what the sexual menu tasting menu did. It was a lot of fun creating this thing, but what it does, it, it sets the stage because then she realized that I want to be with her naked without having sex. So, um, and that's, uh, that's the thing because for her, when you're naked together, you have sex and it's over. That's what it was. But then it, it started to, to, my husband needs more of me. And she needs something else because in her heart as well, she wanted more, but she didn't know how to get it. Because she would also state it in the sexual tasting menu, but then we, could, we couldn't get to the first course. It was just the main course, and thank you. It's like eating a lot of McDonald's, um, which it's not necessarily a negative thing, but if you're always having McDonald's, <laughs> life can turn out bad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, sometimes you need to do a, a whole course, yeah. Very cool, very cool. Could you tell more? Tell me more about the the process that you took the other couples through during the the lockdown. Yeah. So what we did is we started. Sorry, um, Devil. So we specifically about uh, the E E C C T method. Could you tell yeah, us a bit then, more about that as well, please? Yes. Yeah, so uh, the, we didn't go into the E C C T method um, uh, during the the mating captivity. We wanted to keep it very very basic. All right. So um, it started out as very short, but in a lot, uh, at the end, because we 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 would take um, Harville and and Helen's stuff, and we'll we'll rewrite it. We'll put our own stories in there. I'm just going to open it now to quickly just check on because I can't remember. It's, it's now been a hundred plus a hundred plus days. How did lockdown. you present it? Uh, we did you deliver this. So we, we told, uh, we, we, we had a bunch of people, we took a bunch of people through marriage stuff. So we told them all about it. They said, if you want to join, you can join the group and send the group out to any, and then they start sending it out. And then after a while, we saw, we've got numbers from Singapore, United States, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Germany. So it was people all over the world. Our, our daughter also signed up. But the moment we started talking about sex, she got off. She, she just couldn't handle that anymore. <laughs> yeah, because um, she's married in Germany now. Okay. So, um, so, so that was our German number that, that didn't stay on. Yeah. So um, I just want to get there. So, and then we, it was basically a, a, a white piece of paper with, um, with, with notes on it. You could read it. So, um, you, but the group is it like a WhatsApp group? How did you? It was a what? It was a WhatsApp group, yeah. Okay, it was a WhatsApp group. So we, 
So we started with just with um, what it is, what we're expecting of them, and then um, uh, the, 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 on, on the third day, we, we shared Esther Perel's um, the, the Secret of Desire and, and Long-Term Relationships. Okay, we shared that TED Talk. We, sh we shared a book if you want to read more on it. So we, so, and then on day four, we started with the whole Imago theory, love is a trick. Uh, we're if you're incompatible, so are we. Uh, conflict is a gift. Being present brings your healing. Then we put Hedy Schiffer's uh, 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 The Power of Connection, the t uh, TED Talk on. Um, um, then I will look at you with new eyes. Um, then the appreciation dialogue. Um, then um, how to say something in a softer, more loving way. So um, then, we, uh, then we gave them a few date night ideas. A guy wrote a book a few years ago. Um, uh, it's supposed to be a theological book. It wasn't that good theology, but what he did is he wrote a book on, on, um, on the date night. So he said, the book is called Fun Loving You. He writes his name is Ted Cunningham. And what, what he said is, listen here, you, um, uh, he, he taught his children, the first words his children could say was, um, I only live here temporarily, I will plan accordingly. So he designed an entire household wow. around that he is the king, mom is the queen, and the children are prince and princesses, but they will leave one day. So how do you design a house when your children leave one day that, one day that you will still have a loving space? So, and he would use practical, really, really practical things like, uh, when you buy a trampoline, buy one big enough for you two to have fun on after the children went to bed. Um, oh, wow. have, a, have a night where your wife can be off and you take care of the kids. And, you, and what he did is he built the most expensive bathroom for his wife he could, ever, he, could, he could afford with a chandelier. And he got very, very expensive Egyptian cotton towels. So at one night of the week, she can just take a bath and enjoy and he'll take care of the kids. And then... Uh, we got a, a, a child psychologist to just to help us around how much time do children really need because we find that especially the generation X parents are really really struggling with the amount of time they have to spend with their children and your per child you they only need 20 minutes of undivided attention a day. If you wow. give them 20 minutes of undivided attention a day, they're sorted. And um, so we got though that we put that information on the group. Um, and, and telling the rest of the time when the child comes and interrupts, listen, I already gave you your 20 minutes. Now, mommy and me, we are having a discussion. You cannot interrupt this. And they understand that. That's all they need because it's as if parents don't know where, where the to put that boundary the, without feeling guilty. Where to put the boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Ted Cunningham, he, he's got about 80 date night ideas. So we put those date night ideas on and we got some nice feedback. We did the emotional needs questionnaire by Hob Willard, F. Harley. Uh, we did our debts because that's brilliant. And it's also free on the internet. So we used everything that's free around marriages and Jesus just popped it on. Just structured in a, in a very yeah, so, cool. Listen, yeah, so you know, uh, can, you, can you say a bit about your thoughts on, I know you, um, uh, you, have, you have experience around this as well, but I'd like to talk to you about, about divorce, why you think people get divorced and affairs. Why do you think people have affairs? What are some of the things that you've learned and discovered in your work with couples as well? I enjoyed the most is working with couples that had an affair. Because I don't know why, it's the most, it's the most satisfactory work because they come there and they are totally, deeply disconnected. Mm. But it's the fastest way, it's, it's the fastest 
when, when couples get together after that because they both realize, and it's to help them realize that both of them are 100% responsible for the state they're in. One had the affair, but the other one created the space with this partner to, 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 to make sure that the affair happened and mm-hmm. to work. So what we use there is we use Hedy Schiffer's, um um, healing after the affair. It's to take the partner through the whole process, go through the whole process of healing, getting into the time machine, going back to the moment that started and to say, I can imagine what I've done to you. And it's not just to say, I'm sorry, because sorry is, it's always about me. But if, if the sorry is about, I can imagine how it made you feel and I can imagine what it did to you and what did you had to go through. And both, both of the couple does that to go through that entire process um, and, and, and feeling the complete weight of what happened here and sensing that and say, from now on, it will never be like this anymore. This is the last time ever we will be there. From now on, we're creating a new neighborhood, a new way of living. So Eddie works yeah. with neighborhoods, and I love that. So we take yeah. a couple into the neighborhood of, of absolute destruction to the neighborhood, a new neighborhood under construction mm. and to work to work with that. And that's, it's, it's very satisfying work to, to do that. Could you, could you just explain some more about how do you think, uh, you know, you, you explain or touched on the space that's created between two people and both people are responsible for creating that space for a third person mm. to, to enter that mm. space and, and for a, yeah. an affair to start. But how does that happen? What, what, what do you yeah. pick up? How? Because, uh, let me just justify the question some more. Couples don't notice that, right? It's not as mm. if they set out to create that space. So it's mm. actually very subtle. So what are some of the things that you picked up and learned that, that creates that space? So um, that's where Eddie helped me a lot in terms of uh, she uses Martin Buber um, uh, quite a lot. And what Martin Buber says, is, our relationship doesn't live in me or in you or even in the dialogue between the two of us. It lives in the space we share, and this space is a sacred space. So when a couple get married, they believe this is a sacred space. No matter what they believe, no matter from what religious background they are, they believe this is sacred. But then over time, they contaminate this space. That's just with saying words, and that's the space between them. They, they put words in there. They roll their eyes. They give a sigh. And then afterward, they contaminate this space and it becomes very, very contaminated. And your children grow up in that space. Your dogs even realize that space. They don't want to be there. And then <laughs> everybody knows that. You walk into a room and when a couple had a fight, you can see, they don't say a word, mm-hmm. but you sense them. You your sense your it. entire, your body sense, I don't want to be here now. The children, everybody knows that. And it's, to, and it's to really reclaim that space as a sacred space. To say, listen, yeah, this space is a sacred space. How are you going to decontaminate this space? So, and to say, listen, yeah, I'm entering your world. I'm going to really, really be from your perspective. And I'm not going to bring anything into this space that contaminates this. And what happens is now you're in this space. You don't want to share anything in this space. And I always say an affair starts the moment you start talking to someone else. And that person tells, wow, that's terrible. Tell me more. That's where an affair starts. It doesn't start when... It just starts when someone else really listens to you and really understands you, the way your partner understood you in the romantic phase, the way your partner could end your sentences in the romantic phase. So I always tell couples, what you're having now is an illusion It's um, as, as when they start. So I love working with young couples as well. So listen, yeah, the fights will come. 
Um, and I want to prepare you for that. The, when I met Suzelle, I, I knew a lot about the Imago stuff. And um, I told her, listen, this is only illusion. We're going to start fighting. We're going we're gonna to have differences. And I said, let's beat the system. And I tried to beat the system. And it's impossible. Because you're going to do things that press your partner's buttons. Yeah. And it's the best gift ever for the space. You need, you need that conflict. You need that conflict because that conflict leads to your healing. Yeah. And then you want to, so I always say, we want to get you from a place where you're from being in love. Because what does Harville say? He says, every relationship travels the same predictable path from the bliss of romantic love to the nightmare and disillusionment of conflict. But with the addition of conscious intentionality, this becomes a place of spiritual wholeness and growth. And we want to lead couples to a place of spiritual wholeness and growth. We want to take them there, to be aware of the things that presses your buttons. And they're not saying, you're doing this to me. I want to figure out why I'm feeling this way because it's not your fault. This is all my story. So that's what we do. That's why we work. And the same thing, affair starts because I'm blaming you for the things that, that, that I'm supposed to take responsibility for myself. I need to grow up and say, listen, yeah, you pressed my button. Let's talk about this. I'm interested in this. Could you, could you say more about what contaminates a space? Well, that's, um, it can be anything. I, w- I, w- I would like to w- work with stories because what happened in our space, Suzelle's space, is um, um, I cook. Um, I love cooking, and Suzelle wanted to help me. She wants to be in the kitchen, so I told her, tonight we're making a, um, a pasta carbonara. Now, how a carbonara works is you mix your egg, uh, your egg yellow with your, with your parmesan and your cream, and then you add that to piping hot pasta. But it can't be on the pan. It can't be still being heated because then, then that mixture becomes um, scrambled eggs and it can't be too cold. Otherwise, you're eating raw egg and I'm not a big fan of that. So, um, And I didn't just add a bit of herbs and I gave her the herbs to chop up. But all this happens in a very short time because you've got this piping hot pasta. You add this to, the, to your egg and, and, and cheese mix, mixture and you add your, and you add your, um, your, your herbs. So as I was telling her to chop up the herbs, I gave her five minutes. It shouldn't take longer than 30 seconds. She was cleaning the kitchen here and there. And at the end, I needed that herbs now. So I just gently shoved her out of the way. I chopped the herbs. I added to the plate. I put it onto, at, at the table. And she is like livid. I could see it. But because she's in uh, the, the words we use in Imago, she's the tortoise. She would just slightly turn her shoulder. I would ask her what's wrong. No, nothing. <laughs> but you get sense. And I'm like, and I'm the cat in this or the hailstorm. And I, what's wrong? What did I do? Now I'm trying to figure out what I did wrong. And everything started because of this bowl of pasta that mm-hmm. I wanted to be perfect, but she wanted to be connected with me. So now I'm, what's wrong with you? You cannot even appreciate a plate of pasta. And she's like, why did you shove me out of the way? But that's not the issue. That's not the true. issue happened when she was five years old and her mom walked into the bedroom and said, listen here, listen here. We're, I'm getting a divorce from your dad. You're coming with me. Your brother's staying with him. Get in the car. We're moving away to another province. So she didn't have any say. She didn't have, she was a five-year-old girl. She was just shoved out of the way. Her opinion didn't matter. And she was separated from her dad and her brother. And so when the moment I just sh- gently shoved her out of the way to chop up that past, to chop that, that herbs, that's what happened. She felt the same feeling. And it's to be aware of that. Now, it's easy to say that now because we went through a massive process. Um, In fact, with you, we went through with you through a process. And after that, one night in the shower, she just realized that's the connection. 
because it has to be it's to starting to it's to start to ask the right question why did i feel that way what is the stuff that activated these feelings in me and can we get can i get healing for this because up to that point if i asked her what was wrong no nothing now she can say listen here the, the thing you did now it made me feel invisible and that's her hurt her hurt is invisibility she feels invisible and my hurt is i feel powerless i can't do anything i feel i feel i feel humiliated and and so now i can also say listen yeah i feel what the thing you did now it makes me feel humiliated and powerless and we can talk about it versus not saying anything and and me shouting louder and she just getting more into her shell mm. now we can come out and talk to each other and we get to a place where where there's healing and now in an adult conscious relationship we can say those things but it's um and it but it's an intentional journey it's an intention it's a journey that's a big that's a big thing could you say more about that intentionality because what i hear from you devil is both you and suzel understand one another's backstory now so when you say when you did that it makes me feel invisible or powerless both of you kind of know where that comes from because of the work you've done up to now right so could yes. you say more about the intentionality so the intentionality for me starts with a space so we will definitely sit across each other there will be no distractions i would say i would like to talk to you about what happened is now is 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 now a safe time and by meaning a safe time there's no um high levels of emotion now you you're not yeah. you don't want to kill me at this moment um because that's the whole thing if it's safe yes we can talk about it. we look at each other with soft eyes with loving eyes we try to be 45 centimeters apart it's a brain bridge it's something heady um it's in relational neurobiology it says we have to you have to sit close enough to each other that you can see each other's eyes and look at each other with soft eyes the same eyes your mother would have looked at you as a baby because your entire life you're looking for those safe eyes so we would definitely do that there's no way of skipping this even after all these years we still have to do that and then um i would say something when you did this or she would say when you did this or you said that it made me feel like this and i would say what i hear you say is and i would just mirror what she said i wouldn't put in my perspective i wouldn't say no but you didn't understand me correctly i wouldn't come with my with my perspective i would completely be in her world and then she would say yes you heard me correctly then i would say tell me more tell me more that's interesting tell me more i'd like to hear more and the more she tells the more she gets to why this happened to her and what how it made her feel and then at the end i would say things something like what you told me makes sense and i can imagine how it would make you feel um and and i would usually say something you don't deserve to feel that way and um i do not want to make you feel that way and what you actually deserve is this mm-hmm. and because i know suzel's issue is invisibility i would celebrate her intentionally by seeing her so every morning when we wake up when i see her i say i see you you are beautiful you are precious and i would usually say today you can get just what you want i always say that because she never um she she hasn't got access to my credit card so that helps <laughs> but um and i really say that every day because the moment i say that i celebrate her presence the moment she enters a room i would celebrate her presence Uh, one of the things we always tell couples especially when it's highly highly volatile is just the four things you need to change in your space intentionally is that when you wake up in the morning when you look at your partner say good morning i see you this is a new day what is what's great to be with you today 
when your partner leaves for work or even going to the shop, you, you greet them as if they're leaving for a year. I'm going to miss you. It must be awkward for the children, always. Everything you do must, must create. <laughs> That's the main thing. When they're, young, when they're teenagers, they need to say something like, get a room, guys. So it needs to be. But you greet your partner as if you're never going to see them again for a year. When they get back, even if the five minutes, oh, you're back. It's so great to see you. Because you must be like a dog. Your dog is always happy to see you. If you lock your part, if you lock your wife up in the car's boot for two hours, don't do this. But if you lock her up in the boot for two hours, you open the boot, she will be mad. When you lock your dog up in the boot for two hours, you open up the boot, your dog will be like, yay! And, <laughs> and like a dog. And, yeah. and, and always, when your partner enters the room, acknowledge them, see them, celebrate them. And that's part, it's intentional. Otherwise, you're like, ah, oh, whatever. It's not whatever. It's great. And before you go to bed, even if you go to bed at different times, because sometimes someone wants to go to bed at nine, the other one still wants to read, make a moment of it. So make a moment of those normal things in life. Because your marriage is built on the small things. It's not built on the big. It's not built on the honeymoon. It's not built on the big um, go away, going away sessions. It's, going, it's built on the small things, the daily routine things that you celebrate. So that's, that's, we're very, very intentional about that. So people will, when we were still young married, people say, oh, yeah, but you're still in love. Now people will ask us in the, uh, on the airplane, are you on honeymoon? We say, no, but yes. Yeah, so we've been married <laughs> for eight years now, and, it's, and, it's, and it still looks like we're in love, but we're not in love. We're an intentional relationship. Yeah. I love that, Devil. I love oh, the, the, the making, making those moments, you know, intentionally yeah. making those moments big. Love that. Hmm. Uh, could I ask you one more thing before I let hmm. you go? Could you say yes. something about the ECCT approach? Maybe just how um, yeah, the basic structure of how that helps couples. So, so for for me, the counter center transformational process. For me, what what helps there is is to get couples. It's it's, it's the intentionality about the space to make them aware of the space between them, sitting across from each and it's other, sacred. and and it's sacred. And then I usually take them through a precious neighborhood dialogue. Some place that that made made them feel alive, made them feel vital. Um, um, it made them the, the most alive they ever felt. So you put the couples in front of each other, and the one enters the other one's world, and you take them to that place where you felt fully alive. And maybe your partner know, knows about this place, but they've never experienced it this way. But the, what 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 the coolest for me about this is that the person taking the partner to that space, the host, um, has also never been there in this way. And getting to the what what Hedy calls she, she takes you through you, you take it you go through through streets she calls it streets like the street and and I'm going to tell the story because that will help create when and when we went through this we had the privilege of the Hedy Schiffer taking us through the whole process so um, so Chazelle took me to the to the neighborhood of weekends or, or holidays with her dad so the first street and she would say and then you're only allowed to say truth so Hedy says. Um, listen, you're only allowed to say five words um, in a sentence. Anything more of it, she calls, excuse her, French bullshit. So you only work through very little words. So the first word would be holidays with my dad. The second sentence would be, and I would be there and with that's her. that's the street, so right? That's the street. Second street would be, uh, my dad would take leave. The third street would be, um, we would only do what he, what I want. It would always, it would basically be, we would do what I wanted to do. 
And then she got stuck. Then she would try to repeat those streets in different creative ways. But what she needed to do is go to the square. And in the square, you say a coherent, you you say a coherent statement, something that when you say that, the weight in that and that space drops. There's there's a presence there. And as she um, and then she said the words, and we were doing it in English. And there was um, because Hedy is a Jew, there was a bunch of rabbis there. And Suzelle said the words, he made me feel I'm worth dying for. And the moment Suzelle said that, the whole space, there was a weight in that space. I could see at the corner of my eyes, the the rabbis looking at each other. There was almost something spiritual happening there. And and that was it. That was it. The precious times with her dad. And that's why, of course, it was always, there's a picture of her dad. On our fridge, and and he really looked like Clark Kent, Superman, as a young guy. So he's this handsome young man, and he's on our fridge. And he's passed away a few years ago, but and and I knew he was very very special for her, but I never realized that. And that's what made me realize because after you get that precious neighborhood, it gives your partner clues of how can I can recreate that precious neighborhood for Suzanne. And that's why every morning I tell her, "You are precious. You can do what you want to." You are worth dying for. I, I use those exact words. So I recreate that space in our house every day. And that's even before you get, because what Hedy does is the encounter sentence. Is Imago usually say, let's take a, a small topic of, of, of issue and we work with that. Imago says, take the most difficult of encounter says and take the most difficult thing in your marriage, we tackle that. So when you go through the precious neighborhood, it's so easy to go through the toughest neighborhood in your relationship mm-hmm. and recreate it and redesign it to a new... Feel, feel safe and connected doing that. Yeah, safe, connected. Yeah. So, so I love that. So I love taking couples through that as well. Yeah. Precious Stunning. neighborhood. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah, well, thank you so much yeah. for sharing. Um, is there anyone, anything else you want, wanted to share? I just wanted to give you the opportunity. No, I think that's it. Yeah. I think you can yeah, go on for a long time, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, I love, we love yeah. couples work. Yeah, that's and I love and what, what, and what happens for us is we make it personal. Everything yes. I learn, uh, I believe that whole thing, and I know you're also a big fan of that, that a real um, adult learning to take place is you have to present it yourself. You have to teach it to others yourself. And so... So um, I'm, if so, if I if I if I get trained in something new, it's not a week and I apply it. We we yeah. try it, we test it, and I will tell the couple, "Lizia, I just got to know this stuff last week." Yeah. So when we make a mistake, and couples are usually okay with that. So, but the whole thing is intentionality, and mm-hmm. and I always say, um, do not work at your relationship, play at your relationship, because if you mm-hmm. work the whole day, you get home, you have to work at this relationship as well. It's a disaster. But when you play at it. We just love each other. We just enjoy. I always tell couples, just enjoy your partner. Enjoy the way they think. Your partner will not think the same way. At the In the beginning, Suzelle frustrated me because I'm so logical and she is so all over the place. I mean, you can just imagine being married to an artist. My wife has got an uh, artist brain. But um, after a while, I just realized she's got a beautiful mind. And then I celebrate her mind. And then I would just ask, tell me more, tell me more. And then I realized, oh, because she would speak in sound effects and she would speak and she would just laugh and like, and then it goes like, blah, blah, blah. And what does that mean even? And just to enjoy it. And after a while, wow, it makes a lot of sense. And there's a lot of intelligence behind that. And to look at your partner with, with, um, with uh, amazement and say, wow. That's what Hedia also taught me. The person sitting in front of you is a gift. It's a gift to this world 
and, and there will never be another person like this. And just imagine what could happen if you two put your energies together to do something good for this world. Imagine what could happen. So to I look at your that. partner that way. I'm so glad I asked you because I love the, the thing. Don't work at your relationship. Play at your relationship. Yeah. Stunning. Fire. It's mm. much more fun now. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So w- uh, when people want to contact you, where, where can they reach you? What's the best way to contact you, Devalt? Devalt at Outlook.com. When Outlook got started. so it's, it's You're one of the founders of Outlook. <laughs> I'm one of the founders of Outlook. Devalt at Outlook. They started, there was always Hotmail, and then they started this Outlook thing. And it was so cool because if you signed up early, you could have your name at the .com. So I have Devalt at Outlook.com. And it's Devalt with a DT at the end. Yeah. So D-E-W-A-L-D-T. All right. Like the 50s back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. And, and before I let you go, what do you feel is like your superpower? Mm. Cooking. I have Italian food. Tomatoes. I have a superpower with tomatoes. Bring me a tomato and I can rescue that thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I'm and, on my way, by the way. I'm on my way yeah. right now. <laughs> Italy. Yeah. Uh, to you. Over here. To your Over here. Uh, in the beginning, Suzelle and I had a code name for sex. So we would... Um, uh, so we would, uh, we would, we would call it pomodoro, what's the Italian word for tomato. And we started sharing this in couples courses. So after a while, people were like bringing us tomatoes as gifts and tomato paste and especially Italian products with pomodoro. So, and then you get canned, it's the tomatoes from the, 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 the Mount Vesuvius are the best. So you get tomatoes growing on the, because they're growing in this volcanic ground. So they call it pomodoro de Vesuviano. So if you can bring me a can of pomodoro that grew on the, on the, on the on, on the on the on the foothills of Mount Vesuvius, it's the best. Yeah, you can create something amazing with that. Yeah, but that yeah, with just tomato and pasta, you'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Devil. I'll see you around. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Donkey. Thank you for for thank sharing you. with us. Bye. Ciao, ciao.